Welcome to Yes Witch, your pod spellcast for all things metaphysical, witchy, and energy related. My name is Whitney Wickham. Let's dive right into today's podcast, shall we? Thank you so much for being here, you guys. This is actually my first ever podcast. I've done all sorts of things in my past, from Twitch streams to live streams on different platforms, and um, this is the first time I've actually done a podcast, so I'm I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous to go into this new venture, but I'm also super excited, so thank you so much for being here. A little bit about myself, if you don't know me. Uh, because I'm sure a lot of you that are tuning in are people from my past that know me in some way, shape, or form. But those of you that are new and are just finding me, I'm so excited to get to know you further through social media and through our joint learning. This is such a great experience. Um, about me, I am an energy healer. I am a Reiki master and I am a witch. I, it's crazy that I'm finally able to start saying that out loud and being proud of who I am, but that is definitely who I am. This is something that has been part of me since I can remember, and I've repressed it a lot. So the part the part that I enjoy the most about starting this podcast is being able to connect with others who are on that same similar journey of finding themselves and stepping into their own personal power. That's actually what I'm here for, is to help each and every one of you live your best possible life, make your best possible choices and learn the most about the universe and yourself as you possibly can. So a lot of you I'm sure know me from my past influences on the internet, which have to do with cosplay and acting and singing and all of these entertainment things. But I am so happy to be diving into this new venture. And I hope that all of you will follow me and learn alongside me. I'm just, I'm, I'm super, super stoked. So today's topics that we're going to talk about, I'm going to go ahead and open up my show with some items that I purchased over the weekend that were cheap and easy finds that are things that you can use in your everyday life to help make you be a little bit more cosmic connected <laughs> in some way. And just remember, you don't have to have items to be a witch. The most important thing is your own personal intent. The power behind your intent is the most important thing in witchcraft and that in itself will make you a witch and you don't need any of these items but of course it's always nice to have a little extra something to look at to remind yourself that these are the tools that I can use to help myself throughout my day or throughout my practice. The next topic, the main topic of today's discussion is actually going to be about birthdays. It is my birthday month. I turn the ripe old age of 36 <laughs> on the 24th of March, and I am also a comedic witch. I, I tend to be very eclectic. I do take from other things, but in, in my roots, I am a comedic witch, which means that I celebrate the belief systems of the ancient Egyptian beliefs. And it just so happens that the Feast of Isis falls on the 23rd of March and my birthday's on the 24th. So I feel like that was definitely not an accident. And I'm super happy in my soul and in my heart to be connected so closely with my patron of choice. Um, she chose me, actually. So I'm very honored in that regard to be so closely connected with dates in my physical being as well. And so I want to talk a lot about not just my birthday, but your birthday and how we can use our birthdays as a portal for manifestation. Such a great thing that we don't realize that we can do 
because we forget that, you know, birthdays are such a, a common, easy breeze thing. You know, we do a party, we get gifts, we blow out the candles, we call it a day. We turn one year older and we cry, we drink wine, whatever it is that we do to drown our sorrows at becoming older. But I really want to focus on the aspects of the birthday that make the birthday something that is usable for amazing manifestation purposes to help bring you even closer to what you want most in this life. And then, of course, the last thing that I'm going to close with in this episode, I want to talk about the virus that is going around. I'm not even going to say its name because it doesn't deserve my time. Um, I'm going to consider it like he who shall not be named. (laughs) And I, I just want to discuss a little bit about things that you can do homeopathically to help yourself should you start to feel sick um, and help you get over it a lot faster and help those around you also to, you know, calm themselves down and and just have a good mindset um, because that is the most important thing is having a good mindset, having a good energy about you will change things drastically. And science has proven that time and time again, that it is, you know, mind over matter can do wonders for patients that are terminally ill. And if we can change the way that we think about things, that might change our entire outcome completely. So let's go ahead and get started with some of these things that I have found. I can't believe how much I, I bought and yet got it for such a cheap amount. It sounds like I'm bragging. I'm not meaning to. I used my tip money from my face painting gigs on the weekends because that's what funds my witchy addictions. Um, But yeah, five and below. I don't know if any of you have a five and below near you. I moved from the Chicago area almost four years ago to Scottsdale, Arizona. And I used to go to Five and Below all the time. I would buy little little trinkets and things that I would use for prizes at princess parties. And uh, I just loved the store. I would get things for my kids there too. It was how we potty trained my my middle child was with little gifts from Five and Below because you could get little things for a dollar. And, you know, he was super happy with that. And, you know, yay, you did it. Congratulations. Here's a little unboxing thing that you can do. And he was over overrelated with that. But now I moved to this this area that didn't have five and below until recently. <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, well, maybe that's not such a bad thing because then they can't have all of my money. I mean, I would spend a lot of money at five and below. And I found out recently that they actually have them now. They've opened within the past six months. There's two locations nearby. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. And now I found out that it's really not going to be good considering that they have an entire metaphysical or new agey type section in their store. Now, for those of you that don't have five and below in your area, it turns out I just found out when I went to the store, they now do online ordering. So my mind is blown. Congratulations, everybody. You know where your next paycheck is going. (laughs) So the first thing that I found, which I thought was really cool, was this selenite lamp. So for those of you that are watching on YouTube or watching on Facebook, you can actually see um, what I'm holding here. If not, it's about a three inch tall selenite little lamp. It has a tiny little USB cord that pops in with a little light bulb. It lights up really bright. I bought two of them. They run $5. I can tell you right now, selenite alone is more expensive than that. I've seen selenite about this size at metaphysical shops running anywhere between $8 and $10 just for just for the selenite. So um, selenite is a crystal for those of you who have never worked with crystals before. It ends in it which means that it cannot go in water. And the reason being is it is a salt-based 
crystal. So if you put it in water, it's going to dissolve. But what is lovely about selenite, and I have a lot of selenite, and the reason why I use it so much is because it's a self-charging crystal, self-cleansing crystal. So you don't have to do anything special to keep it moving energies around. You can use it to cleanse spaces, people, objects. Um, I use it to cleanse my tarot cards. Um, I've used it to also cleanse my children. <laughs> I'll wave my little selenite wand over their head and go down each side of their body and cleanse them. And so a selenite lamp is a great way, especially a small one like this, if you live in a dorm room or a small space, maybe you only have like one table or one little, little space to put things in. This is a great little additive to any room because it can really cleanse the entire room without taking up a lot of space. Um, and it's budget friendly, which is great. So furthermore, what I just thought about um, is that if you are looking for something that does double duty, cleanses the space, but also charges crystals, voila, here you go. You've got both in one. And it also can be a reading lamp. So there's three things. So you spent $5 for three items. It's totally worth it. <laughs> uh, like I said, I did buy two. I tried one out last night just to see how it did with the room. It lights up very, very bright, very white. I would not use it for a nightlight unless you like to sleep with the lights completely on because it's that bright. But really nice white glow, not yellow or hazy in any way, shape, or form. It's a very clean light. I would highly recommend it. So there you go. $5 for a selenite little salt lamp. The next thing that I got, I'm a little upset with myself about, to be honest with you, because I didn't check to see if this is ethically sourced. And we always need to be sure that whatever we're buying is ethically sourced. There are a lot of cleansing options that we have as witches that we don't need to be taking things from indigenous people or things that are endangered. And Palo Santo is one of those items that is technically endangered. And so we need to be careful about where we're harvesting it from. So when you're buying Palo Santo, try to make sure that you're buying it from a source that didn't steal it from anybody and that it's, you know, grown on a farm where they are purposefully, you know, um, taking that, that particular item that tree down for the purpose of selling it not that they're going out into the rainforest or the forests and, and killing trees just for the purpose of selling them to us crazy um you know first world people for for money because these people are poor i mean this came from peru and so a lot of these people are living in poverty and they'll do anything to to you know make sure that they have money even if that means clearing out an entire resource but palo santo is a great thing to use if you're trying to cleanse a room or a person or a space in general, and you're not wanting to get rid of all of the the good energy along with it. There are some types of cleanses, smoke cleanses that you can do that go off like a bomb. Sage is one of them. I'll talk about that here in a second, where everything, including good energy, is gone. Bam, poof, disappears as soon as you start working with it. Palo Santo doesn't do that. It leaves the good energy there. So if you're wanting to still connect with spirit guides, you're still wanting to connect with higher self, it's not going to erase any of that connection because it specifically allows good, happy, clarity, good energy to continue to thrive. So this is also $5. I know that seems kind of expensive for what you're getting in this package, but if you've never worked with Palo Santo before, these will last you a long time. Um, I have a whole bunch of Palo Santo that I purchased six months ago, and I think I've burned through one stick. It burns super slow. It's not, um, it's not overly pungent or anything like that. It actually smells really nice when you burn it. 
And you can also use the ash for protection spells. If you want to make black salt, for instance, you just mix the ash together. I've used the ash to also write sigils um, at my front door to ward away negative energies from my home. There's lots of uses that you can use with Palo Santo ash and the wood itself. So like I said, this lasts an extremely long time. It comes with one, two, three, four, five, six sticks. That's definitely worth it. I mean, that's less than $1.25 per stick. So it's definitely, definitely worth it. But one thing that I would say besides the ethically sourced, making sure that it's ethically sourced, is that I noticed that on this particular package, it says natural smudge sticks. Just to be clear, smudging is a ritual traditional practice um, that is specific to native cultures. Do not, if you are not native and you have not been initiated or have the right by your tribe to call it smudging, do not call it smudging. Call it a smoke cleanse. And the reason is, is because there are certain things that belong to indigenous cultures that we need to not be taking from them. And I know that that sounds like I'm being hyper PC and stuff, but it, it really is true. Um, to me and to most people, it really is offensive to say, well, I'm going to go ahead and smudge my house. You're not a medicine man or woman, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a witch. And so you're using, you're using what they use, yes, to cleanse your space, but the way that they do it and the way that they've been initiated and taught to do these particular practices as a right that they've earned and worked to earn um, through their through their study and through their time together as a group. So I feel that it's very important that we call it a smoke cleanse, not a smudge, please. So just just for for that and then we'll we'll move on from that. I'm not angry. I'm just, you know, we'll make sure that we're we're doing the right thing. So five and below, please change your packaging to reflect that because we need to be mindful of our friends that are indigenous. So Adding to that, adding to that, for $3, and I wish I hadn't taken this out of the package because this was ethically sourced. Again, sage is one of those things that a lot of indigenous people are having their sage taken from them and sold for profit without their knowledge. It's being stolen from sacred lands. This was farmed and um, then packaged four, five, and below, and it was $3, and it came with two. Now, like I said, sage is one of those things where it will be like a bomb. It will go off in your house and every energy will disappear. <laughs> every energy. So you're going to have to reconnect to, to source. You're going to have to reconnect to your spirit guides, to your patrons, etc. And it might take a little bit of time to do that. So I only use sage if it's a super extreme circumstance. I've got a really negative entity that is, you know, causing trouble, whatever. Then I'll jump to sage. But usually I try to use other things first. I don't even jump to Palo Santo first. I'll show you what, what I use personally as some of my first options um, because you can find them in your kitchen. I use rosemary as one of the things that I like to burn for protection and rosemary is kind of a go-to all-purpose all herb. You can use it for anything. I use that for, for cleansing as well. Um, also blue vervain. It looks like it looks like little flakes, little green and brown flakes. I mean, honestly, if this like fell on my floor, I would probably just put it in the dustbin because it looks like something that you've trudged in from the farm. But blue vervain is great for protection spells as well and for smudging. A lot of people don't use blue vervain. It's a little bit more on the pricey side, but 
in all honesty, it, it works It works really, really well. And it has a really nice smelt, too. I, I enjoy that very much. But also at Five and Below, they had, which they have this at Walmart, too. It's $2. Dragon's Blood incense sticks. Two bucks. I mean, you can't go wrong. I can't even talk. You can't go wrong with Dragon's Blood. It really is a great way to cleanse your space with incense you and you can get sage incense as well and rosemary incense and frankincense and myrrh and all all different types so if there's something that you're more drawn to that you feel cleanses your space better feel free to use that but for two dollars five and below or walmart dragon's blood incense works great i used it last night it worked wonders it was perfect also at five and below i know i'm like harping on five and below but they had these really neat incense that were specific to your sign. My son's a Sagittarius and he saw this and he was like, it's me. So I bought it for him. If you have a witch friend who has a birthday coming up or you have a celebration and you feel like you want to get them something that reflects your knowledge of who they are and what, what they, what you feel about them, something like that is really nice where it pertains to their particular astrological sign is a nice way of showing that you enjoy them for who they are and that you are paying attention to what is personal to them. So yes, I thought that this was cute because it's got the astrological sign on it at the top, the name in nice little letters, and then of course the date of birth range. And then this particular one is vanilla and orchid, which was one of the more interesting sense that they had but kind of a little it was a nice one some of them were kind of different I was like I don't know if I would like that the smell of that but then again I'm not that astrological sign maybe that pertains to that particular sign I don't know <laughs> so the last thing that I want to talk about for finds that you can get oh no actually I have two more things I'm sorry two more things so the next one that I have is a cauldron because if you are burning things oh my gosh I can't tell you how many things I've accidentally lit on fire because I was practicing in secret and didn't want anybody to know because I didn't want to end up in trouble because I was 15 years old and I was like, I need to burn this, but I don't know how to do it without getting in trouble. I literally lit an sync poster on fire once. We'll talk about that in another episode, stupid things that I've done while practicing witchcraft, but I wasn't allowed to burn anything for a while because of that incident. Um, so a cauldron. A cauldron, we have this crazy idea that witches always have witches brewing cauldrons. We use cauldrons for a multitude of reasons, but usually it's to burn things and it has to do with spell work, usually with warding. That's what most of us use it for or for um, some sort of mixture to manifest something for ourselves or for, for our client. Um, cauldrons can be expensive and I've noticed that the cheapest ones that I've seen are about $8 and they are maybe two inches in diameter. Very small. I'm not saying that doesn't get the job done. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of cheap. <laughs> I like to make sure that the money that I'm spending is well worthwhile. So I was like, well, the cauldron's made out of cast iron. What else could I use? Right? Because I had, I had this little metal bowl and it worked really well until one day I was burning blue vervain actually for a protection spell and the the bowl got really hot and even though it has something to sit on even that was getting really hot and I was like man if this sits much longer this could combust into flames and I've seen so many 
young witches make this mistake where they're like, I'm just going to borrow my mom's quick ceramic bowl. I'll light something in it. She'll never know. I'll wash it. It's fine. Next thing you know, the bowl's heating up and it's cracking and their mom's like, what did you do? Let's burn responsibly, friends. Burning responsibly. So what I did is I went to Walmart and I found myself a cast iron skillet. (laughs) I'm sure some of you are rolling your eyes right now, but I'm telling you, this is a great alternative because it is made of the same material. It has a handle for you to be able to carry it around. So if you're warding your space, you're cleansing your space, you're doing some sort of smoke cleanse, you can hold on to it without it getting too hot. Now, the one thing that I will say is that the bottom obviously is going to get hot if you're lighting a lot of stuff on fire. So I also got myself a bamboo cutting board to put it on for now. What I suggest in for a longer term use would be a trivet of some kind. Now a trivet is a metal stand that has legs on it that keeps the bottom of a pot, pan, skillet, whatever it is that you're using. It keeps that from touching anything below it and then causing a fire from the heat that is coming from inside the pot. So this particular skillet ran $4 and it was in the camping section. There are other pots. I saw some that could actually be a cauldron. They were the right size and the right type of shape. They still would need a trivet to sit on, but in retrospect, the size was quite large um, for what most people would be doing for spell work. So um, those run about $35. They're from the brand Lodge, which has like a yellow band on it. I'm sure some of you have seen that where people use those for camping as well, but a lot of people use them on their stoves for like griddles and things like that. They do require seasoning if you're going to use them, but they last you a lifetime. I did not grab that brand because they are so expensive and because of what I'm using it for. It seemed a little a little too expensive and too much out of my price range to be doing something like that when I know that I'm literally going to be lighting stuff on fire inside of it. It just seems silly to waste my money on something like that. So this particular skillet was in the camping section and was $4. So the other ones are three times more expensive. I figured why not, you know, waste my money on a skillet. (laughs) And I could go around and while I am warding away spirits, I can literally just smack them all in the face with my skillet like Rapunzel and it's all good. Also, I don't know, none of you that are listening to this podcast um, on Anchor or anywhere else that this is being distributed can see, but the handle has a little hole in it for hanging it on something. And what I've done is I've lodged my incense into that and I'm actually going to light some incense right now so that while we are finishing up this podcast, we can connect a little bit more to the divine and ensure that the message that I am wanting to portray is coming across more perfectly than it would if I just rambled because I tend to lose my train of thought. (laughs) There we go. All right. So now my skillet is going to catch all of that ash and we're good. It's a great thing. Lovely. All right. The last thing that I want to talk about as far as tools go is tarot. A lot of witches that I have known and that I'm watching in my Facebook groups and things that I am part of 
are asking a lot of the same questions about tools, wanting to get into tarot and divination of some kind. And, but they, you know, it takes a lot of time. I've been reading tarot cards since I was 15 years old. And so I have a lot of tarot cards. I have a lot of Oracle cards, but the one thing that continues to be an issue is memorization. I know that there are some decks, even though I've been doing this for so long, there are some decks where I will look at the pictures and I will go, oh, I know exactly what that card means. And then there are other decks that I have where I'm like, I have to constantly look in the book to see what the meaning is, even though I know like the three of swords is the three of swords. It doesn't matter. But for whatever reason, the pictures, I'm like a very visual person. And so those pictures will cause me to get sort of stopped up. It's like when you're taking a test in school and they put the question in a different order and you know the answer, but for whatever reason, them rewording the question has caused you to just be like, I don't know. That's exactly what happens with me in tarot. And so I know that there's a lot of people out there that probably suffer from that same thing or even have the issue of not being able to memorize at all. So I highly suggest when you're getting started this Practical Tarot Wisdom with the Radiant Rider Weight Tarot deck. It's easily found on Amazon. It runs, I think, $12. I have Prime, so I'm not 100% sure um, the cost, but it was definitely under 20 that's for sure. What I like about this deck is that they are about the size of playing cards and they have the traditional Rider weight imagery on them, but on the left-hand side of the card, it has the meaning of the card. So while you're traveling or learning or you just are trying to do something for friends, etc., this is a great way to continue using tarot while getting the images in your mind, while ingraining the different meanings. And as you go, of course, meanings will shift for you. Maybe certain cards pop up for certain situations and that card then shifts meaning for you and it's no longer what's in the book or what has been written. That happens so often, I can tell you right now. Um, but what a great little tool to have that can fit in your pocket or in your purse or in your jacket and you can carry it with you to your next sleepover or to a dinner party, whatever, and it's not um, this massive box that you have to carry. So just a great little tool to have and I'm super glad that I saw this particular um, set in the tarot group on Facebook. What a great, what a great suggestion. And I know it's been working for a lot of people there. The last thing that I want to discuss is bicycle playing cards. I know that sounds crazy, but these are a great thing to carry with you. Um, bicycle cards and any kind of poker card have been used for a long time, for centuries, not centuries, however long they've been around. People have figured out how to do divination with these particular cards, and each one has its own meaning, just like the traditional tarot, and you can just write the meanings on the card. You can look them up online, what the meanings are. Mine looked terrible. I'm not going to lie. I thought I would give it a shot. I was like, oh, right, really nice on here. And I've seen so many people do really great things with these cards. They write these beautiful calligraphy sets in gold, like paint pen, and it just looks awesome. And then there's mine. It just looks, it looks terrible, but it gets the job done and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it looks. So long as you can connect with it and that it's functioning for you, that's really the most important thing. But what's great about these cards is that if you can memorize them and you're one of those witches that's in the closet, you're still in the broom closet and you're not really able to discuss what your craft is, you can use playing cards and it looks like you're just 
playing a game of solitaire or some sort of card game that people don't know. You can play poker with them still. I mean, what a great way, right? To just be comfortable in open spaces with your craft. Now, I am definitely one for being more open about things, but I completely understand that there's a lot of people out there that don't have that luxury. So again, bicycle playing cards, you can get them at any drugstore and probably your local gas station. I've found so many great different cards. Um, the Stargazer playing cards. It's got a galaxy with a figure eight on the back. Gorgeous. This one that I purchased called the Aurora deck. I did not expect this. This deck called out to me. I was standing in a Walgreens maybe three months ago and I was looking for Sharpie pens because I needed to sign autographs for a birthday party. Yes, I still do princess parties on weekends. It, it feeds my crystal addiction, okay? <laughs> so this particular deck was calling out to me. It's like this green with gold. And I, I don't know, it really looked oceany to me. And I was like, I don't feel like that's calling to me. But for some reason, it keeps staring at me. And I'm like, I need to know what's inside this deck. And so I purchased it. And it was a little bit more expensive than I wanted to spend. I want to say it was like $8 for this one bicycle playing deck. But they are some of the prettiest cards I've ever seen. The main cards are pretty regular, but the jokers are the thing that stood out to me a lot. Personally, I am a twin flame and symbology and metaphor play a huge part in my spirituality. So things like the golden ratio with the Fibonacci circle and things like that, these stand out to me and they call to me prevalently in my practice and in my day-to-day -day life as a reminder of my connection to source. So when I opened up this card deck and saw that it was Leonardo da Vinci with the Fibonacci, I just about keeled over in my car. <laughs> I had to, I had to put it online. I was like, look at what I found. So if you're looking for cards that speak to you, there's so many different types of playing cards. It's not just your simple red, black, and white. There's all sorts of designs. So that being said, I hope you find something in this list of things that I've given you today. I promise going down the road, it won't be as long, but um, talking about the things that you can use. But I hope that something here has stood out to you and will be helpful to you in your own personal craft. All right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about birthdays and the power of birthdays. So like I said, it is my birthday month. And I hate birthdays. <laughs> birthdays have always been for me a reminder of how old I'm getting. And I've always had a lack mentality about what I haven't succeeded at and what I'm missing in my life. So every year that I get a little bit older, I start to panic. I haven't done this yet. I haven't done that yet. I haven't succeeded at this. And I begin to become very nervous about where I stand as far as standards go in comparison to my peers. And as I had my Kundalini awakening two years ago, I started to realize how toxic that was for myself and that I didn't have a lack. And that in reality, this time that I've spent here, everything that I've done up until this point has been for the better. This has been a learning experience. And that learning experience has made me grow leaps and bounds from where I began. And all of us should look at life this way. 
Sometimes it's hard to do that, but I urge each of you to take a look at your life and start to really pay attention to even how negative things in your life have turned something into a positive. So what I find very interesting about this particular birthday for myself personally is that turning 36... I had this conversation with my husband this morning. We were discussing at what age we felt when we were younger, when we were like kids, was the perfect age. And I consistently remember thinking that 25 was like perfect and that my life would be 100% together by the time I was 25. And then I hit 25 and it was like, I couldn't believe how just completely off I was. <laughs> I had no no concept of what I wanted to be doing or where I was going or anything. I, you know, wanted to be an actress. I wanted to to be a performer of some kind in some capacity. And I was really pushing for that. But I was also raising our first son. And I just felt disconnected from myself and from from the world and what it was that I was trying to accomplish. And I, I really think looking back that maybe I didn't know what I wanted to accomplish because... I wasn't 100% in tune with who I was. And I think my soul was sort of waiting for that moment of awakening. And so here I am at 36 and I'm doing like a complete reset. You know, I'm hitting that red button and I'm going, we're starting over. <laughs> we're doing a new endeavor. We're doing new things. We are learning still and shifting, but we're shifting into something that's completely different than what I was doing before, which means that I've lost a lot of people in, in my life over the past two years, including family. Uh, people that I thought were really great friends of mine that I thought were part of my support system have suddenly disappeared. And, and it's, I'm grateful for them having been there. But as I come up to this birthday, I'm not looking at things anymore in a lack sense. I'm looking at things in a in a completely different point of view that I am excited for what is about to come. So we don't really think about birthdays as being magical. Not magical in the sense of witchcraft magical, but they are. There's this great potential that I think most witches are not tapping into. And if you have this knowledge already, kudos to you. You are 10 steps ahead of me because I just figured this out like three days ago. <laughs> I had this like epiphany from Source who was like, hey, did you ever think about birthdays like this? And I'm going, what? Oh, my God. Thank you. I never saw it that way. That's totally new. Appreciate that. Let's try that this year. Um, so if you've already got this information, I applaud you and hope that maybe there's something more that I can learn here. You know, tell me. Uh, send me a message at yeswitch.com. That's yes-witch.com. And let me know. Or write a comment here on Anchor and let me know what it is that you have a thought about birthdays because I would love to learn more about this as well. And maybe some other viewers have insight and we can start some discussions about this. So the first thing that I think about when I think about birthdays besides princess parties, <laughs> since I've been doing that for seven plus years, um, is gifts. Every time I go to a birthday party for a kid, I hear, where's my gift? And like, I am your gift, <laughs> sweetheart. I am your gift. Um, but they, they always want to know where their gift is. And as kids, we're kind of conditioned to look for gifts. Oh, well, my birthday is exciting because I get gifts. I get presents. And what do you want for your birthday? And we tell people all these different things. And it's, you know, when you're a kid, it's these extravagant things. I want, I want a pony. I want a unicorn. Things that you could never, ever get. We just go crazy because it's your birthday. And make a wish because... Anything can happen on your birthday. And yet, oftentimes we're left with, you know, 
a unicorn stuffed animal instead of an actual unicorn. <laughs> but gifts are a great way to pay homage. For centuries, we as humans have left gifts to pay homage to our patrons, to spirit, to source. By giving sacrifices, by giving coins, um, roses, food, anything that we have that we can give, we give that to and people of power as well. We give it to people and entities that we revere. So gifts on a birthday are people paying homage to you as a person out of love and respect, saying we love and respect you as you are. What a crazy thought to think that people are not just giving you a gift because it's your birthday. They're giving you a gift because of love and respect for who you are as you are. Now that makes me wonder if we could love ourselves as we are, how much more enjoyment would we get out of getting gifts? Because I don't know about you, but I've spent the majority of my life feeling bad about getting gifts. Oh, you didn't need to do that. Oh, but I wanted to. No, but you didn't need to do that. And you feel bad about it. Oh, well, I can't repay them that gift because I don't have enough money to pay them that gift on when their birthday comes, whatever it is. There's something always there for me anyway, growing up where I felt bad about getting gifts. Um, sometimes gifts have been used as a weapon to, well, I got you this and you didn't treat me this way. There's always some sort of caveat to the gift, um, at least in my life. And not everybody's like that. And so I'm starting to look at gifts in a completely different way because we lay gifts down for our deities, for spirit, for people of reverence. And I think that that's important that as you get gifts on your birthday to respect and be grateful for the fact that these people are giving you something as a pleasantry and as respect to you because of who you are out of love. And that being said, as you get those gifts, as they're given to you, Keep in mind that that gratitude that they love you for who you are will also help you have gratitude for the love of who you are as well. Let that grow. Let that be rooted in who you are as a person to be more in love with yourself, who you are, as you are. That being said, the birthday is also an open portal. Just like a full moon, like a new moon like any alignment in the stars that we witches tend to use, the birthday's a portal. You're born at a specific time on a specific day for a specific soul reason, right? And here this day comes around once a year. What an amazing event to line up your manifestation of what you want to come in your life at that exact moment. To utilize that energy, you connecting to your energetic tether of that moment when you entered this world. Think about that. Your energetic tether, that, that energetic umbilical cord to the space in which you arrived into this world from the universe can be utilized to remember and use the energy from your energetic DNA, from your physical DNA, here together, spirit plus body, to begin manifesting the things that you want most in your life. 
So this year I've decided I am going to write down all of those things that I desire to become, what I want to work on. What am I doing with Yes Witch in the next year? Where do I want this to grow? What do I want this to become? And all of my endeavors and who I want to be in a year. What things do I want to let go of? What things do I want to grow in? And really set forth my intent to ensure that what I am doing in my manifestation is clear and precise. That is so important, making sure that everything is clear and precise. So we connect to source through this open portal. We remember, we can take that time to really reflect and remember who we are as an essence, as a soul, and why we're here and what it is that we need to work on for the next the next year. So that energy profile opens up with that link to time of birth to help us manifest, but so does something else. Manifesting. Let's talk about candle magic. Candle magic is such a great tool for witches. We use candles consistently. <laughs> um, a lot of us do. Not everybody does, but a lot of us do. And whether it is writing your sigils on the outside of the candle and anointing it with oil or um, simply saying some sort of chant or incantation that you've written while you light the candle. I mean, there's many different ways to do candle magic. But whatever it is, the birthday candle is exactly that. It is candle magic. It is this one moment in time where you get to make a wish for you. What a great thing. This little food offering is handed to you. Cupcake, cake, whatever it is. And they put a candle on top of it and they say, make a wish. Now, I know there's a lot of witches out there that say never, ever blow out your candles. Always snuff out your candles. And the reason why they say this is because if you blow out the candles, you can blow away your intent. I've never looked at it this way. I've actually looked at blowing out my candles as I do look at blowing out the candles on my birthday cake that I am making a wish that when I am doing candle magic, I purposefully blow out my candles. I don't have a snuffer. I've never had a snuffer. I've always blown them out and it's never been an issue for me. If you feel different about that, that's totally okay. I'm not here to change anybody's mind or argue who's right or wrong. It's your own personal preference. But for the birthday, wow, you're making a wish. So what if you were to take that wish and make that a wish of manifesting your intents. You know, what a perfect moment to do that. All of this love and energy focused on you, use that to amplify this moment of setting forth your intentions, everything that you've written down, everything that you've desired of who you want to become for the next year and where you want to end up in the next year. And as you blow out that candle, really put that magic in there. Send it out into the universe and amplify that desire, it's just, I, it makes me kind of tear up a little bit thinking about what is possible with the birthday. I've never, ever thought about this, like I said, until about three days ago, where I was like, wow, this is such a powerful moment. And so I know that this year when I blow out the birthday candles on my cake, I'm going to be very humbled by that. And I hope that when your birthday comes around this next time that you'll be able to think about that as well. So this year... I'm going to definitely write down my intentions, physically write them down. And I think that that's important because, again, we need to be specific when we're manifesting. When we're thinking about what it is that we want, we can't just say, I want to lose 10 pounds. 
that leaves the universe open to interpretation of how that should come about. <laughs> so you write, I want to lose 10 pounds. You end up in a car accident. You lose both your legs. Like that's high universe. That's not what I intended. And the universe goes, well, you lost 10 pounds. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So it's important to write down our intents and be very specific about what it is that you, that we want and how we want to get that there. And when we do that, it allows the universe to say yay or nay to something because, again, the universe is only going to give us what we deserve. I don't, I don't want to say deserve. What What is best for our life path? Because there's certain goals and certain things that we're supposed to be learning in this journey. And if the universe feels for whatever reason that what we're asking for is not something that's going to lead us in that right direction, of course, our request will be humbly denied. Uh, but yes, as you come close to your birthday, start writing down specific things about what it is that you want, what it is that you want to see happen in your life for the next year. And then as you blow out that candle with this beautiful chant of the birthday song, I mean, we use chanting and, and incantations all the time in spell work. And so a birthday chant, birthday song is really no different than that, is this energy coming together to focus on you as a person, your own personal magic, stand in your own personal power, and dang nabbit, just blow out that candle full force, knowing what it is that you want to manifest. So I hope that this helps sort of give a little bit more spark and brightness to the birthday and that if your birthday's already passed, that you'll think about this the next time that your birthday starts rolling around, that it'll get you excited to say, hey, I'm going to do this the next time that my birthday happens. I'm going to do this and start teaching this to our children as well, that our birthdays are a magical day. It really is a magical day. And so utilize that magic for the best good for yourself and for those people around you. All right. So the last subject for today closing out our beautiful, magical discussion of birthdays is talking about that nasty virus that I don't even want to discuss, but I feel it's important to discuss. So on my website, yes-witch.com, I have a free recipe for anybody who would like to partake um, for elderberry syrup. Now this syrup is really potent and it's a great antiviral. I'm not going to sell you snake oil. I'm not going to tell you it's a cure-all because it's not. There is no cure for viruses. There, however, are things that you can do to help boost your immunity. And there are things that you can do to help lessen the symptoms should they occur. Let's all knock on wood and pray and hope and manifest good thoughts that that won't be the case. But if it does come to pass, of course, we want to be able to fight things well and quickly. So elderberries have been used forever. The ancient Egyptians have used them for all sorts of things from beautification purposes to health benefits. Um, do not please, however, eat your elderberries unless they have been cooked. They are poisonous if they are not cooked. Uh, they can cause vomiting um, as well as stomach upset, gastric intestinal par uh, paralysis, <laughs> which can cause induce vomiting. And then it can also cause shortness of breath and severe allergic reactions or overdose cases, as well as migraine headache. So please cook your elderberries. But when you do cook your elderberries, it is amazing and it tastes great. That's the other thing that I really liked about this syrup because most medicines taste terrible. <laughs> And this does not taste terrible at all. Um, you can pretty much keep this in your refrigerator for use for up to like six months to a year. I mean, just 
taste it, make sure it hasn't gone bad <laughs> or smell it and make sure it hasn't gone bad before you use it if it's been sitting there for a while. But a little bit goes a very long way. In all technicality, this particular syrup has the same active ingredients as Tamiflu, which is what they are using to battle the particular virus that is circulating, but you can also use it for any other cold or flu. If you begin to have symptoms within 24 to 48 hours, make sure that you take some of this elderberry syrup and it will help slow down those symptoms and hopefully help you get better on the mend a lot faster. <laughs> now, why am I not selling this to the public myself? I have made some bottles. I've been asked by friends and family, why am I not selling it? And my reason why I'm not selling it is because I feel that that is an injustice. I've noticed over the past couple days, a lot of the stores are sold out of elderberry syrup. There are companies that make this exact same thing um, and they're, they're, the price has skyrocketed. It used to be six to $8 for an entire bottle and now we're looking at 14 to $15 a bottle. Uh, it comes in a gummy form for kids as well. And I'm noticing the same thing. It was, I, I bought a, a gummy set for my kids and I think there was like 60 gummies in there. And I want to say it was $14 at Walmart. So we're just getting to the point where things are just not going to be readily available. And all of the ingredients are easily found in kitchens or at the grocery store, um, except the elderberries are something that you might want to have to order. I ordered organic just to be safe. Um, it basically has anise in it, cinnamon, sticks, cloves, water, and elderberries and honey. If you have children under the age of one, please make the syrup concoction without the honey as they cannot digest the enzymes in the honey and it can make them sick. So please ensure that if you have young children that you are not using the honey. Um, on the website, there's also information about dosing so you don't overdose or make yourself sick because taking too much of it can cause gastric upset. So it's important to make sure that you're only using as much as what is necessary. But like I said, it is a really great tool to have in your home. Uh, I mean, why not make something homeopathic to give it a shot? Now, this is not the end all to be all on things. Obviously, if you're having serious medical issues, please see a doctor. Um, the other thing that I would suggest to when dealing with viruses is making sure that your energy is good. <laughs> energy can make or break a situation. I mean, I've been told so many times in my life, mind over matter. And I was like, oh, don't say that to me. Now that I have worked as a Reiki practitioner and I'm a master, I've learned so much about energy and what it can do to shift your own personal outlook. And that shift in outlook can be the thing that decides whether or not you remain sick or get better. So a little practice that you can do when you're working with kids is that if they're taking a sleep, because a lot of times when you try to do Reiki on children, it will, it can make them a little bit erratic. Um, that energy is, very, they're very sensitive to energies. And so when you start doing this type of practice on your children, it can cause them to become hyperactive. And that's not necessarily something you want when you're trying to get them to rest. But if you close your eyes and you imagine light going into your head and down into your body and then in through your hands. And I sort of describe this to my children as though I've got like Iron Man hands. <laughs> so there's like this, this light that sort of pops up in the center of my palm. And as I run my hands, fingers closed 
over the top of their body without touching them. I'm just sort of smoothing out any areas in their energy field that I feel are off. Like you can feel different waves. If you're, if you're really focused on it, you can feel different waves in the way that the energy moves. You can feel cold spots where things are not feeling well at all, or you can feel extreme heat in areas where there's a lot of energy being put towards healing something or there's a blockage there. So paying attention to the different feelings that you're having is a great way to sort of decipher where the work needs to be focused. But when you're working with children, if you just sort of go over their body like that, it will really help when they're sleeping to allow that Reiki energy from source to go into their system and begin doing lots of work for them when they're not even realizing that that's what's going on. Now for yourself, if you're trying to get rid of negative energy and you yourself are not feeling well, Imagining that white light coming in through your head and going through your entire body and illuminating you piece by piece is really helpful to help sort of burn out any energetic issues that you have that can keep you from healing. Because when our energy body is not doing well, our physical body is also not going to heal well. So it's a great way to make sure that both are balancing themselves out and it can help you get better a lot faster. I've, I've personally used that a lot myself when I've not been feeling well. Like if I've been out someplace and I'm like, oh, I really just, I don't feel so good right now. <laughs> this is a really dangerous situation being, you know, two hours from home, but I got to make it home. I can do that practice and it can get me home to the place where I need to be in order to rest, for example. So the last tip that I suggest is to take your hands and close your fingers and face your palms out to the world, laying them down at your side. And just sort of imagine this black sort of inky substance rising up and then dripping out of the tips of your fingers and falling back down to the earth. This is a great way to release yourself of any negative energy that you might be harboring and just send it back into the earth to be recycled. That way you don't have to deal with it anymore. And you can keep doing that until there's no more black ink coming out of your, out of your fingers. And again, it's all imagination, it's all in your head. But you'll know it's a great, it's a good way to connect your soul body with your physical body and begin really visualizing what it is that you feel is happening inside of you. Because a lot of this metaphysical stuff comes down to feeling, right? <laughs> Which I know is part of what makes it really difficult for those that are not willing to understand feeling that are sort of stuck in this mentality of like, well, if I can't see it, then it doesn't exist. That makes this really hard for them. And I'm totally understanding that. But give it a shot and see what happens. Let me know. In comments, um, write me and tell me how this has worked for you. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to my very first podcast. I know that this is going to be a learning situation and I appreciate so very much the opportunity to help teach and also learn from all of you. Don't forget to stop by my webpage at yes-witch.com where I will be adding new free spells on a consistent basis as well as information through my blog. And you can keep up to date on all of the brand new podcasts that I will be releasing. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Instagram, although I don't post there as often. And you can also check out my Etsy shop where I do offer readings and energy healings. I look forward to seeing you very soon. Love and light to all of you.